This is The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Eris Yarmouth. Good morning and welcome to The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center. I'm Kevin Northup. The Weekender for Saturday, August 20th, 2022. Coming up this hour, the Wedgeport Tuna Tournament and Pageant begins today. We speak with Special Events Coordinator Bailey Surrett and Board Member Callie Doucette about this week's schedule as the festival returns to normal post-pandemic. The Great Cycle Challenge raises money for kids dealing with cancer across Canada. A Digby area cyclist is taking part. Jacob Postaway talks to Dr. Neil Pottier about his fundraising efforts. And the Southwest Nova Pride Association is planning a Pride Festival next month. We speak with organizers Lynette Hayward-Bird and Alden Matthew on plans for the first Pride event in Yarmouth since 2019. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Kevin Northup. Very popular event begins today in Wedgeport. Of course, it's the Wedgeport Tuna Tournament and Festival. So many people from all across the Tri-Counties and really uh, everywhere come to this event. Uh, a lot of people certainly look forward to it. And uh, everything kicks off today. And uh, things are about to begin now, I think, with the Wedgeport Community Yard Sale. So uh, this is a great time to get to all the information going with uh, Special Events Coordinator of the Festival, Bailey Surrett, and Board Member for the Wedgeport Tuna Tournament and Festival, Callie Doucette. Thank you both so much for being here, and uh, good morning to you, and happy Festival Day. Hi, thank you. All right, so Bailey, I'll start with you. As Special Events Coordinator, uh, coming together, planning this uh, Wedgeport Tuna Tournament and Festival, what has that been like for you? Well, lately, it's, it's been pretty busy. Um, I've been here since May starting to plan the event. Um, we, we have lots to do, and, 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 of course, I can't do it all on my own. I have a lot of help to do it, and it's been going really well. That's excellent. And, uh, and Callie, for you, uh, at, on the board level, you know, getting this, uh, this event and all these events that lined up for a great festival this year, uh, how has that been for the board? It's been pretty good, but we're really lucky to have the workers this year. Um, they've been amazing. Um, everything's been going really well. Um, so really, the, the credit goes to them. And I guess this question can be for, for both of you. Uh, what's it been like, you know, through COVID and, and planning, you know, this, this festival? And, and what was it like, I guess, the last couple of years trying to get through? Uh, well, yes. In, in 2020, we weren't able to have any of the events. So, um, but last year, 2021, we were fortunate to be able to, to have a smaller scale festival. Um, we weren't able to include uh, the big food booths or anything, um, but we were still able to send out the boats and have a couple of small activities. Um, but this year, we're really trying to get back to normal, um, uh, doing, doing the full scale uh, festival and tournament. Um, and, and we're hoping that it'll go as smoothly as it has in the past. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this this is uh, you know something that the community looks forward to every year, like I said, and it brings uh, folks from all around. Uh, so the actual send off for the boats doesn't happen until Tuesday, but events are happening uh, today through Tuesday, correct? Yes, yes. Um, today we have the Wedgeport Community Yard Sale. Um, tomorrow we have the Tuna Fun Run, um, and we also have some kids events. And then on on Tuesday we we do have the captain send off. 
That's right. So the captain send off. Let's talk about, I guess, the whole uh, competition. First of all, how many boats do you have registered and, and what does the competition look like this year? So this year we have 16 um, tuna fishing boats that are going to be setting sail on Tuesday. So we will all meet at the Wedgeport Breakwater Wharf and Bailey will be shooting the flare. Um, so once the flare is um, once the shit flare is shot in the air, all boats uh, can go to the fishing grounds. So the prizes that are normally um, the prizes that are won, there's three of them. There's the overall biggest tuna. Uh, the overall weight, so that means um, all the tuna that are eligible to be caught, which are bluefin, albacore, big eye, and yellowfin, so the total weight of that. And the third prize is the biggest tuna caught in the hellhole. So we have 16 boats battling for three prizes, but the main prize is the biggest bluefin caught. And are you noticing a lot of, uh, you know, returning folks from last year? Are there people that that go out on the boats every year and look forward to this? Oh, yes. We've had um, mainly all the same boats in the last years. Uh, we always have people wanting to join. The lineup's uh, pretty long, but it seems like uh, everyone's pretty happy where they're at. That sounds great. And, of course, like you said, Tuesday night uh, around 7 o'clock, that's going to take place. Hopefully the weather holds up and everything. I guess it's always uh, always the wild card for everything. But this is um, this is quite a sail for the uh, fishers as well because they're going to be sailing, what, 8 to 12 hours offshore to try to, you know, catch these big tuna? Yes, exactly, 8 to 12 hours. It's a long sail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way too long that uh, I would be able to take part in, but uh, yeah, maybe someday. But I, I give credit to uh, to everyone that can certainly do that. But we were talking about, uh, you know, a lot of events that are coming up uh, leading up to that, too. Uh, there may be some fireworks coming up, too, on Monday night? On Monday, yes, at 9 p.m. Monday at 9 p.m. So it says here it's... Uh, going to be off the uh, Wedgeport Tuna Museum, Lower Wedgeport, at dusk. So, uh, yeah, check that one out for sure. And uh, like uh, like you said, so many other events happening, too, with the two after Tuesday night's send-off. And then you move into Wednesday, and this, this tournament, this event, I guess, goes uh, right up until uh, the following Saturday. So what are some of the, I guess, main staples that people know that are uh, that are coming back this year? Um. Well, on... Friday and Saturday, um, we, we again have the seafood extravaganza. So in the big tent behind the Tuna Museum, uh, we have a bunch of food booths with live entertainment, um, a beer garden. And then on the Saturday night, we, we, have, we have the big um, uh, the beer garden with the live entertainment again, um, which we haven't been able to do uh, within the past two years. And that's always something that people look forward to, kind of an end to the festival on the Saturday nights. Uh, going to be some live entertainment there, 9 p.m., uh, the beer garden. And uh, before that, you get the weigh-ins. Um, that happens around, uh, what, 9 a.m. On, on Saturday morning. So this is something that, like you said, everyone uh, looks forward to, to see just how many of those tuna have been caught. And those big awards, uh, the three major awards are going to be handed out. And in the middle of that, I guess, is the seafood extravaganza, too. So uh, Saturday the 27th, next Saturday, looks like it's going to be a very, very busy time in Wedgeport. Yes, it will be for sure. It'll be a great time. We're really looking forward to hearing lots about it. Now, I know over the years, um, 
the Wedgeport Tuna Tournament has kept uh, us and the public up to date on uh, how many tuna have been landed as uh, as that information comes in from the water. So uh, will you be continuing to do that, and where can we look out for that information? Uh, yes, we will. Um, uh, we'll be giving updates uh, on Facebook, and, and we also uh, do some announcements. And, and, of course, at the wharf, we have a big a big board with all of the updates, too. Wonderful. So if you're down there, you can certainly see everything that's going on, too. That's that's excellent. Uh, another popular event that uh, I haven't touched on yet, I guess, is the uh, uh, Wedgeport Tuna Tournament pageant. Uh, that's uh, coming back this year, too. So uh, tell us a bit about that one. So this year, the theme is Disney. So the pageant girls will be all dressed up as princesses, um, and will be they'll be dancing um, to some Disney songs. We also have some entertainment by Kids Act um, in between when the pageant girls are getting ready for their next time on stage. They'll also be at the Wine and Cheese, which is on Tuesday um, before the pageant. Uh, we'll be serving some wine, some cheeses, some meats, and a little bit of hors d'oeuvres uh, with some live entertainment as well. Uh, so the pageant, yes, takes place on Thursday, uh, August 25th. Uh, it will be behind the tent. It will be behind the museum in the big white tent. Uh, Five dollars per person, and you'll get to see the crowning of the Witchport Tuna Tournament Queen of 2022. Wonderful, and like you said, uh, entertainment from uh, Chloe Dion and Kids Act there too. Uh, Five dollars per person, so uh, that event uh, comes back. Has that event, uh, you know, been away since before the pandemic? No, we've actually been able to keep that one. Uh, not in 2020, but um, 2021, we did have the pageant. Perfect. So at least you know some things have been able to uh, to take place for sure, and uh, you know that's certainly nice. But how does it feel for the two of you to be able to look at this week of events that you've put together uh, for the people of Wedgeport and the people of surrounding areas to come and enjoy? It's such a full slate. It's such a full schedule. So how does that feel for the two of you to be able to get back to? I guess normal here with uh, this year's tournament. It is pretty busy, but but I I look at it as a way to give back to the community, um, and I, I think it's it, it's a fun event for everybody involved. And for me, it's like my, it's my favorite week of the year. Um, it, I think it's an excitement. Like the moment it's done, I already can't wait for next year. And it's just nice, like Bailey said, to give back to the community. We get feedback from the community. They tell us how excited they are. And when we see people excited, it makes us excited. Working with the other workers, um, some of them are new, and we're just ex- we have them hyped up for this year's tournament. Uh, it, for the people that never experienced it, they come out by loving it because it's just something so big for such a small village. Well, this is so true. Wedgeport's a small village, like you said, and. Um, and so many people are able to come down and enjoy it, and the population kind of booms down there for a week or so, and uh, it's uh, something that everyone uh, can enjoy, something for everybody there to, to certainly see. So, uh, And for you guys, Bailey and Callie, um, were, were, did you grow up on the Wedgeport Tuna Tournament? Like, How did you want to be involved and, and become, you know, I guess, enthrushed in this, in this tournament? So I always had, um, my brother went fishing for most of the tournaments, so I was always around the wharf. Um, me and Bailey are the same age, so we often hung out at the tuna tournament. It was always, it's always something we look forward to. We spend the full week here. We loved it. 
So when I had the opportunity to apply here, I applied for the tuna tournament job. Um, and then now I'm on the board. I can't see myself leaving anytime soon. It's so much fun. And it's also, we also have to big, give a big thank you to all our sponsors because without them, this wouldn't be able to happen. And we have sponsors from Wedgeport. Outside of Wedgeport, we have sponsors everywhere. And even that feeling that they're willing to support such a small community, once again, is it's such a great feeling. Absolutely. And, and Bailey, for you, uh, I guess, how did you get involved and what, it's, what has it been like for you? Well, as Callie mentioned, uh, I, I grew up in Wedgeport and I grew up coming to the festival and watching the big tuna being weighed and going to all the events. And it was, it was so great to be able to come together as a community um, and be participate in, in it. Um, and so I wanted to be part of the organiz- organization of that. Um, so when I, when, I, when I had the opportunity to apply for the job, I thought this would be great. And, of course, tournaments like this and events like this don't happen without uh, groups of volunteers. Uh, what's that been like uh, to, to get together, and, and what's, the, what's the team look like as we head towards this? Well, we, we have lots of different committees for all different aspects of the tournament. Uh, we have committees for the food. We have committees for all of the events and the fishing. Um, so we all have to work together for that. Um, the employees um, kind of have to coordinate all of it together. Um, we have over 200 volunteers that help out during the tournament. Um, it, it takes a lot of a lot of work. We have had a little bit of a hard time compared to normal to find volunteers this year, um, but I think we're doing pretty well uh, finding some. But we're always accepting volunteers last minute, so if you ever want to volunteer, you just can call us at 902-663-2560. Perfect. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, people listening to this will say, hey, I want to head down and, uh, and maybe lend a hand. So that would be great. Uh, again, uh, today it's the uh, Wedgeport Community Yard Sale. It goes until noon. And uh, tomorrow, the Tuna Fun Run starts at uh, 8 a.m. That's always a good time. The Tiny Tuna Run after that. And like you said, some some children's events uh, go along with that. A children's ice cream party tomorrow at the Wedgeport uh, Tuna Museum from 2 until 4. That's uh, kind of the, the first few things to kick off the Wedgeport Tuna Tournament and Festival and uh, lots more events to come. So with all this being said, we've been talking about all these great events. If somebody wants to read about this, I know you have a website. Uh, can you give that uh, you know, for us and, and any social media that we can find more information about the tournament? Uh, yes, we do have a website, uh, wedgeporttunatournament.ca. Uh, um, and we also have a Facebook page, Wedgeport Tuna Tournament and Festival. Um, and then, again, if you have any, any other questions, you can call us directly at uh, 663-2560. Yeah, so we have many platforms. Yes, many ways to, to get a hold of you and, uh, you know, if you have any questions for sure. So, uh, well, good luck with everything. And uh, we'll certainly be following along as the tuna get weighed in over the next, uh, well, it starts Tuesday as they head off. And then uh, uh, over the next few days as boats come in, you'll you'll see, uh, you know, what uh, what's being caught and what's uh, being weighed. And, and uh, a look ahead to the awards presented on Saturday. Bailey Surrett and Callie Doucette, thank you both so much for, for being our guests on the weekend or this morning. And uh, like I said, best of luck with uh, the Wedgeport Tuna Tournament and Festival uh, this week.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. We hope to see you here. We look forward to it. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. I'm joined today by Neil Poitier. He's currently participating in the Great Cycle Challenge, which raises money for kids across Canada battling cancer. And he's here to discuss the challenge and his part in it. Thanks so much for joining me, Neil. Thank you. So for people who don't know you, introduce yourself. Well, uh, my name is Neil Pache, uh, otherwise known as Dr. Neil Pache. Um, I'm originally from uh, Wedgeport in Yarmouth County, and um, I run an animal hospital. That's what I do for a profession here in Digby. And uh, one of my passions is cycling. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what the Great Cycle Challenge is. Well, the Great Cycle Challenge is uh, cross Canada people who love cycling participate by um, saying how many kilometers they are. Uh, are going to cycle in support of, of children. So the money here is raised for children for cancer. So it helps them, the children themselves, helps them to research and all these things that address the childhood cancer. So uh, everybody decides how many kilometers they're going to go, and then they look for sponsors, just like you know any other event where you're looking for sponsorship. So when I started this, I thought, well, I, I could cycle 500 kilometers in a month because the... Um, what what counts is what you do in August. So this year, it's everything that you can accomplish in August. So I decided to do 500, thinking I would raise a dollar per kilometer. And that's where I started. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so tell us a little bit about where you're at right now. Well, as of uh, today, we're above $9,000. Yes, and we are recording this interview on Wednesday. Uh, so yep. that's that's pretty awesome. You know, you you started off with, with that one goal, and you've you've far surpassed that now. Yeah, um, I was quite surprised. I, I do have a lot of uh, social media links, and um, a lot of people know me because of my position, and um, I, I'm involved with a lot of festivals as well. So people know who I am. So when they saw, they saw I was going to do this at first, they thought, oh, yeah, he might do this. Uh, so I, I did all of July as a practice, and uh, just to make sure I could cycle, and I was logging everything on my social media, and I ended up cycling 650 kilometers to make sure I could do it. So now I know I could do it. And as of uh, today, I'm at uh, uh, 428 kilometers, something like that. So is this your first time participating in the challenge then? I did it a few years ago before COVID. And um, at that time, I was just new to cycling. And I only did 100 kilometers, I think, something like that, and then raised a few hundred dollars. And uh, it wasn't anything big, but this time I decided to go for it. And, and really pushed my fundraising efforts on social media along with in person, you know, going to see people that I know that would be in support of this as well. Right. And uh, has how's the response from the community been? You know, have you been getting a lot of, you've, I know you've been doing really good for donations, but uh, have you been getting a lot of response from people? Oh, yeah. So uh, now that I have the jersey, see, when, when you reach uh, $500, they send you a Great Cycle Challenge jersey which is, you know, has Great Cycle Challenge on one of the front and raising money to fight childhood cancer out written on the box. So I, I'd be wearing this jersey and people are honking the horn and waving to me. So now people know, because I cycle early in the morning because it's cool, it's summertime. And early in the morning, sometimes it's dark right now, but I have lights on the bike and this fluorescent jersey on. So I'm cycling to do whatever kilometers I'm going to do. And people are waving, honking the horns and and, and, you know, some people even stop me and, and hand me money. <laughs> it's quite amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, even 
you know, you, you're getting a lot of a lot of people donating online, but just it must be, you know, so it must be interesting to, you know, have someone come right up to you and, and hand you a donation. And you must be, you know, pretty recognizable with those jerseys. Yeah. And um, and after you reach a certain level, uh, after thirty five hundred dollars, they send you a second jersey, which is called a superhero jersey. So I have this superhero jersey, but <laughs> kind of looks like the superhero, you know, has a cape built in and, and the big emblem, a great cycle challenge and big letters. So uh, I'm wearing that one at times, too. And people have recognized that. I've also, uh, during the festivals that just went by, Scallop Days in Digby, I uh, set up a information uh, booth in, in the festival. And I talked to a lot of people and raised almost $300 just that day. So and, and rode my bike through the parade. People were handing me money while I rode my bike through the parade. So it's it's quite incredible. And, um, you know, no questions asked, just $20 put in your pocket or 50 or 100. It's, it's coming. And they're even dropping money off at my office regularly in envelopes. Wow. It's just everybody wants to help out. Everybody wants to give. That's that's so awesome. Well, when, when you look at, you know, kids with cancer, it, it touches a lot of people. And uh, it, it's why it, it's such a big thing and when they saw how big it was going to get even the mayor has talked about helping us you know towards the end to fundraise you know as i'm getting closer to the goal of the 500 kilometers you know we're possibly organizing an event where everyone can participate we're going to go on a small five kilometer run with general public who wants to come and be part of it physically as well as just not financially so they can bring a donation. And then uh, we haven't set the date yet is when I get close to the 500, which could be within a week or so. But we will have a date set where we're going to do it, likely on a, a flat piece of land, uh, Shore Road here in Digby. And uh, they, the mayor said he'd be in on it and helping out with that and um, that we can do five kilometers together, you know, a bunch of people and then for the last push fundraiser. Well, that's really cool. It gets, you know, it brings everybody even closer to 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 being part of this more than just, you know, giving a donation. Now they're actually getting out there as well. And I'm sure it'll convince some people, you know, to maybe want to do this themselves when they, uh, when after afterwards they might consider, Hey, well, I, I kind of enjoyed that. Maybe I'll do that myself. So I think there's a lot of great potential for that as well. Yeah. Because it started off as my, my staff as a joke. I said, you know, um, if I make $4,000, you'll all do me, uh, come with me on the last five kilometers. And they all laughed and said, yeah, sure. Um, didn't expect it. And uh, here we are. And now they're all getting their bikes geared up for this last five kilometers. But we decided to extend that maybe to everybody. Anybody that wants to come that day, we will do five kilometers together, a whole bunch of us, and then do a last pitch fundraiser for it. I'm expecting to hit over 10,000 by the way things are going now daily. And I have a few big sponsors still are going to be coming in and uh we've even had some community members fundraising on their own for me which is kind of cool uh a hairdresser uh and also someone who sells sweets in in farm market and she they've been raising money for me on the side so i'm going to be receiving that money at late date wow it certainly seems like certainly it's going to end with a bang absolutely not just you know having people join you for those last five kilometers but all these donations you're you're anticipating and people that have been collecting, you know, with the intention of giving it to you. So it's re- you're really going to end it with a bang, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, at one point when our last interview, uh, I was in the number one position as far as fundraising for the province of Nova Scotia. We had a big event um, last week, a week from today, where um, a, a rich company, the Garone family, was going to match up to 1.3 million 
across Canada for fundraising for that day. So I pushed hard. I, I went and collected all the bottles I could find, went to the depot, and I ended up getting an extra $840 out of that. But a lot of people did the same. So I, I got bumped down to uh, uh, the third highest fundraiser in the province, but I'm slowly back. I'm off the two, the second again, and it won't be long, which uh, my fundraising continues daily. So it's not with just that one day that I have the big hit. So I'm doing this regularly and uh, logging my information on social media and sharing it everywhere, and people are sharing it for me. So I figure I will, you know, work my way. It's not about getting number one. It's about getting enough money, as much money as possible to support these kids. No, absolutely. At the end of the day, it really is all about the kids. But, you know, it's it's nice to have that little bit of healthy competition uh, between different people raising money because, you know, it's and it seems like it, it helped you. It just pushes you to work even harder for this challenge and and put that extra effort in and, you know, bring those bottles back, you know, get that extra bit of money because every bit helps at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. It's it's every little thing. And some of these people have been doing it for multiple years. So they they do this throughout the year. I realized that I've, I've just started the fundraising in July when I started. I decided to do this. So I've done this all since then. So uh, I, I, I have been catching up to a lot of people quickly. And um, and the reason I did it, um, uh, personal reasons, is when I was young, my best friend died of leukemia. And at the time, I felt oh, helpless, you know. I couldn't do anything. But here I am. I can do something for somebody else. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's what I wanted to ask you about next was just a little bit, tell us a little bit more about, you know, why you wanted to get involved and why this is so important to you. And I think you really did, you know, just lay it out right there that, you know, it was a friend of yours who, when you were really young, and there was nothing you could do. And no, now, I was just yeah. watching him get sicker and sicker, and then he finally passed away. And I felt like I couldn't do anything. I didn't couldn't help him. I didn't understand even what cancer was at the time. We're in elementary school, right? And uh, but now I understand. Being a doctor, I, I see cancer all the time, and uh, in pets as well. So I, I said I can do something. I can help raise money and awareness, and and that's where it starts. It's not only about the money, it's the awareness. People don't think, you know, they hear of cancer and they think older people, but but there's kids every day being diagnosed. I think it's something like 1,700 children in Canada every year no, it's with a, cancer. It's something that touches, you know, everybody, regardless of your age, you know, cancer. It affects all of us, whether it's you who's who's dealing with cancer, whether it's your family, as you say, your friends. You know, it just it touches you. And, and like we've been talking about, you know, it spurs you to want to to want to do something, to want to put that change out there. Um, and, and I think this is just a great challenge. Uh, and you mentioned uh, you got the superhero jersey. And I'm sure a lot of these kids, you know, are, are, are seeing you as a bit of a superhero. And you mentioned to me uh, the last time we spoke that you'd been in contact with some of the kids. So uh, tell us a little bit about that and what they've been saying. Well, they're, they're sending uh, a text with the photos uh, and they're holding, you know, you are a superhero. Thank you so much. You know, as I reach milestones in the fundraising, they, uh, they're excited and, and they're, they're participating in this too, by being the faces that we present to the public. You know, some of them have shared their stories uh, along with photos of themselves and, uh, and their families. So that, you know, it, it, it touches a nerve when you see the photo of a child and the storyline behind it so and they're doing the same for the participants in in the as we fundraise higher they're sending encouragement and uh 
and and words of thanks and and little cards and things like that. So it it, uh, it really makes you feel you're doing something right. Absolutely. Uh, and and this is a national campaign, so it is fundraising for kids across Canada. And you mm-hmm. mentioned and you mentioned a little bit about how you know there's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a competition. You know you are it is show you know how you are ranked. And you mentioned you know how you are comparing to the rest of the province, but how about compared to the rest of the country? How are you doing? Um, I forget. I think I was in. I'm the 27th highest fundraiser in the country as of today. Okay, that's hey, that's pretty good for across the whole country. Yeah, it's it's pretty big, I think, and uh, but it's 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 pretty exciting, you know, um, where when we're doing this uh, to to see other people as well. Some people have been doing this for years, like seven, eight years, as long as it's been going on. I didn't know about it way back then, but uh, and and they're they've got big fundraising. I think number one in Canada is it was approaching fifty thousand dollars. So somebody's you know been working on this for a whole year and has been doing it a long time. So they they know how to do it. So I'm learning, and yeah. I'm learning quickly. No, oh, yeah, and you're doing great. Uh, so I, I actually want to ask a little bit. So this is something that people can do year round, is it? This this challenge? Yeah. Well, what they can do is um, they can start the fundraising thing, right? And uh, I, I read some of these other people. They they have different events that they do all during the year to fundraise, so that when it comes time, then they start entering the. Uh, you know, the donations and the sponsors. And and you can get personal donations, donations from companies. You can get fundraising events. Uh, we can ease in taking cash donations. Like I said, a lot of people are bringing cash donations. And and what we do is we uh, we can load, we enter the data of the person uh, with their address and email along with the amount. And it emails immediately a receipt for that donation and recognition. And then we communicate uh, with our own sponsors, along with my blog, so I update my blog maybe once a week, show them where I'm at, and uh, it gets them a text message or a message by email, updating me uh, them to where I'm at, so they can keep supporting them. And some have actually decided to add more to their donation because they they've seen how successful I've been doing. And tell us a little bit now about you know where you like to go when you go out biking. Uh, do you try to mix up your routes a little bit? I. I tend to stick around our area, but I've extended it quite far. Um, there's trails here, uh, all abandoned railway trails. Um, there's also lots of roads with lots of hills in, in the Digby area, of course. So some days I, I've head out towards Annapolis uh, through Bear River, which, you know, they call the Switzerland of Nova Scotia. You know, <laughs> if you ever want to ride a bike through hills, you go to Bear River. If you can do those hills, you can go anywhere. And, uh, you know, along the river, I often stop, if if you check my um, Great Cycle Challenge website, uh, I, I take photos as well. And so I post every day the, the route, the photos, so people can enjoy the ride. They see what I see, and I always stop and take some photos because Nova Scotia is so pretty. Even today, I went and I beat the rain. So uh, I went 20 kilometers this morning, just got home before the rain. I went totally on mostly dirt roads and trails. But I've gone uh, all over the area. I've even taken the bike to uh, Keji National Park last week and did all the trails that they had there. And uh, even the newest one, which was more aggressive than I expected. <laughs> but it, it was fun. Well, that's just another, you know, facet to this is it also it gets you out there. It gets you exploring, uh, going to different areas, doing different yeah. things. So that's that's awesome as well. 
yeah, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start extending it, um, taking my bike on the truck, and that way I can go further and then go to another area to, uh, to explore and bike and, and fundraise as well. Because uh, I I don't want to go too for most days I'm working, so I've got one hour in the morning to get it done. Whatever I'm going to do, I can average about 24 kilometers on highway in an hour uh, on a dirt bike on the road, trails about 16 in an hour. So uh, when I'm on vacation like this week, if the, I can get out a little further and, and explore a little more. So you must recommend this, doing this, the Great Cycle Challenge. You must recommend it for people then. Oh, yeah, because I've, I've, I've met people and they say, well, I, I never thought about cycling much. I said, cycling is awesome. And they said, you know, isn't the hills a challenge around here? I said, not anymore. <laughs> so it used to be, you know, so it, it gets you physically in shape. And at the same time, you're doing something for someone else and enjoying the view because um, there's there's not a lot of places that are as pretty as Nova Scotia. You have coastline everywhere at a bike and you're along the coast. And when you're riding a bike, you're not like you're driving. You're going nice and slow enough to see. You stop and see everything. And that's why I stop and take photos so people can enjoy what I'm looking at. And do you have a final message you wanted to share? Well, I just think that, uh, you know, if you haven't started, it's it's still uh, time to join up right away. You can go to Great Cycle Challenge uh, Canada and then join in and, and do, you know, the rest of August. Just say you're going to do whatever kilometers you think you can do. And uh, you may know people that I don't know that would support you and that would raise more money. So, you know, if you have a bike and they'll they'll accept e-bikes as well, you can even do a stationary bike or, a, you know, those Peloton bikes. There's all these classes so you don't have to be actually out on the road or you can have a motor assist if that's what it takes. So there's all the different classes. And if you haven't and you feel like maybe I want to do this, there's still time. And it all goes for a great cause. It does so. Neil, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here and chatting about the Great Cycle Challenge. You're welcome. That was Neil Poitier here to discuss the Great Cycle Challenge. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Kevin Northup. We've been talking on The Weekender quite a bit over the summer months about the return of festivals and how important that is uh, for our area. This festival, I think, one of the most important of all, the Southwest Nova Pride Festival, and the Southwest Nova Pride Association has been planning that coming up for next month, September 15th to the 18th, and uh, summer will be just about ending then, and I think it's a great way to wrap up summer here for uh, Yarmouth and and the Tri-Counties. So with us this morning to talk more about this and the uh, planning efforts underway, we have a fundraising co-chair and a director on the board of directors, Lynette Hayward-Bird. Good morning, Lynette. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Kevin. Thank oh, you for having us. Always good to see you. Always good to see ahead, you Ahead well. of hockey season, too. I know you're an avid Mariners fan. Go Mariners. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, we have Alden Matthew here as well, who's a secretary on the board of directors. That's right. Uh, Alden, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. It's it's great to, to see you both. And, you know, it's going to be great to see a lot of people around this once again. So for the two of you, I guess first I'll start with you, Alden. Mm-hmm. Just how kind of you, you came to be in this role and, and what got you interested in making sure this festival uh, gets planned. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I moved here in October. So at that point, I wanted to get involved with the community, and it's progressed since that we, we've combined into the Southwest Nova Pride Association because there was a couple of smaller groups who'd been planning different events for the community, and we realized that we could be a lot stronger if we combined together. So we've been planning it basically 
since the spring and and our event calendar is what we've come up with very nice so that that planning's been underway since the spring mm. and i know we'll, we'll get to covid in a second but first <laughs> i want to ask uh, you lynette I, I know you've been involved in this for a number of years this started back in uh, 2017 believe it or yeah. not so uh how has it progressed for you over the years um well um oh that's a hard question uh so there was a lot more volunteers way back. Um, I find volunteerism is not, you know, there as much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find volunteers, especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we have progressed. Um, we're making great plans. Like Alden said, we combined the two groups, and now we are one association, and I think that's great. It is. Everyone's coming together uh, for this. And I remember the first festival and just how well attended that was. Um, Are you expecting big crowds again for this year? We're hoping so. Yeah. Like everyone that we've talked to about it has been really really positive and excited to to have the opportunity to come out again now that COVID is, is not kind of prohibiting that. Uh, So we were hoping to see, uh, and we've been kind of connecting with other pride associations in the Tri-County area and hoping to get more people out to that. And especially because we're not just having uh, a single day event, we've got something for everybody over four days. So we're hoping that if they can't make one, they can make some of the others, you know, just a bit of variety for them. Normally there's a parade, but uh, you know, that this festival hasn't happened since uh, 2019. Uh, So there's a new parade, uh, I guess, bylaw in place for the town of Yarmouth that just got put in place. So there's not really time to plan a parade from your end this year. So no parade, but what are some of the things that people are going to look forward to over these four days? Um, well, on Thursday night, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have um, Pride Trivia at Heritage Brewing. Mm-hmm. On Friday night at the Yark, we have Pride Karaoke. Ooh. Yep. Uh, and then on Saturday, we'll have the festival, which uh, is in Coronation Park. It usually ends the parade, but it's going to be a similar sort of thing there. We've got a lot of uh, performers coming. We've got some carnival games. We've got vendors. And then on Sunday, the Beacon United Church has partnered with us. They're uh, an inclusive, welcoming congregation. So they're doing a uh, pride service for for everyone, they're, they're quite open to, to new attendees, and then we're going to do a pancake brunch to follow, hopefully. Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it's going to be a nice four days, and you hope to see a lot of the pride flags out there, too. I know the town has previously mm-hmm. uh, raised the pride flag at, at Town Hall, and you see that happening uh, in more smaller communities, too, like Shelburne's done it, Digby's done it, um, Clare, uh, the municipality of Yarmouth. It, it's, it's really nice to see that that's being recognized now. Do you find that? aspect of it has come a long way over the last number of years since maybe the first pride festival here in yarmouth yeah absolutely just talking to the the people here have been describing what it's like to to be lgbtq and come up in yarmouth they've been saying that like it has gotten so much more welcoming so much more open and um i was at the municipality of yarmouth uh flag raising it was really exciting that the uh gsa from the local uh secondary school came out and we're involved in raising the flag. And it was just really exciting to see that the youth are feeling welcomed and, and have an opportunity to be out and, and to feel comfortable like that. Mm-hmm. 
And it's something that, you know, maybe even 10 years ago that uh, in a small town would have been hard to do. But now you see this progressing. Lynette, what, what does it mean to you to be involved in this movement here? Um, I believe in love is love. And I believe um, that if you love somebody, be with them, you know. Um, for me, um, I have a family member who came out as uh, bisexual. And um, this family member wanted support. Um, I supported that family member um, when uh, other family members wouldn't support that family member. Um, so it's also about education too, educating people um, that you know the two S LGBTQ plus. Um, these are people, you know, and and. They just want acceptance and, and, you know, we have to be accepting of everyone. And the acceptance is so huge, you know, and, and like we said, in these smaller communities to have a, something like this, it might help, you know, you know, younger people that, you know, might be part of that, the community to feel like they're going to be able to open up and feel like they'll be able to come out and, you know, to their friends and family. So this is why a festival like this is, is so, so important. And, and you've handed me a sheet here, Lynette, when you came in, um, and, and it's got some, some stats on it about Nova Scotia. And uh, it's one of the most diverse, it's, it's the most diverse province mm -hmm. in the country in terms of gender and sexual orientation. So uh, that just goes to show, uh, you know, for the two of you, how important is it to, to keep this going here in Yarmouth, a festival like this? Um, it's critical because the people are here and, and there is just so many uh, people here who need our support that it's not just kind of exciting and a nice celebration for us, but it's it's critical support for them as well, that it's not just about feeling good and feeling welcoming, but it can have such an impact on the, the mental health of everyone who's being supported, that we absolutely need to do this, we absolutely need to be out there. And if there are some people who don't feel like they can be out yet, I think that seeing people who are having a good time, who are feeling comfortable, who are being accepted, that'll encourage them to feel comfortable as well in coming out. And Alden, for you, you were telling me you've lived in, in many different places. You've lived yeah. in the United States and, and Ireland as well, and now you're here in Yarmouth County. Uh, you know, what's it been like for you, you know, coming here to see, you know, that community? It's actually, it's shocking because I had, I, I grew up in kind of a quite rural area and it's a quite uh, kind of conservative traditional area. So when I was coming out, it was quite difficult. You know, I, I had a welcoming family, but the community, it wasn't quite as comfortable. And the same thing when I was in Ireland is that it was just a totally different culture and totally different expectations. So I was being... I was cautiously optimistic moving here. You know, I was hoping that I could find my people, but I didn't expect a ton. But it's genuinely, this area is one of the most accepting, welcoming, uh, really beautiful places to be. And, and I didn't expect it at all. I'm delighted. I remember when the pride flag went up at Town Hall and uh, just the amount of people that were there. Mm. And, and a lot of people from the Yarmouth High School uh, came down too. So it, it's being accepted by, you know, all communities. And that's what we need in this world right now. Because this world sometimes <laughs> is a pretty messed up place, isn't it? With mm. uh, with everything that's going on. So so we like to see that. Um, 
Lynette, you've been around to some businesses and, and all of you as well, um, talking about sponsorship opportunities for this. Uh, you're still looking for some sponsors to help pull this festival off. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, it takes money to put off uh, festivities, and uh, we are still looking for donations. Um, if anyone would like to get in contact with us, um, there we, we do have a Facebook page. Um, the Southwest Nova Pride Association. Um, I think we have Instagram. Too. We have a website. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. There's so many ways to get in contact with us if you'd like to uh, to support us in whatever way, volunteering or uh, or financial support or even gifts in kind. Uh, we've had some amazing volunteers who've just gotten in touch because they're like, well. I do something interesting. Would you know? Would you like me to be involved? And the answer is absolutely. And there's different levels of sponsorship you can go to: uh, bronze, silver, gold, and rainbow tier, which mm-hmm. is a presenting sponsor. You're you've got a goal of eight thousand uh, dollars to raise. You want to raise at least that so you can pull this off. Yes, definitely. Um, so, like you said, we are still looking for sponsors, um, donations in kind. Um, so please reach out uh, to us. And we are planning not just these four festivity, four days of festivities. We are looking at the bigger picture of doing, like, stuff year-long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's part of why we, um, we, we've incorporated it as a nonprofit and, and trying to make it more than just a single-year event, trying to... Uh, to get education, social groups uh, year-round, not just to kind of keep our you know, keep us in people's minds, but also provide that ongoing support. So, I mean, we've gotten a lot of, uh, we've gotten a lot of help from the community. We've had some, you know, very generous sponsors and grants, but we're absolutely looking for, for more so we can do more. Absolutely. And, and like you said, that the groups coming together that put on the first festival and the, and the last couple, um, Southwest Nova Pride, it's all under one banner now. Mm-hmm. And the logo looks great. It's got the lighthouse <laughs> in it. Uh, it's got the pride colors in it. It looks very, very good. So if you check that out, you'll that be was able to... Alex Mann's work. Oh, uh, right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, congrats to Alex on that. Great. Uh, it's a great look for sure. And uh, I guess the one thing we didn't talk about is uh, was there an attempt to get a Pride Festival off the ground during COVID in 2021 and 2020? Um, no, because of COVID, yeah. uh, we kind of put a stop to things. Um, our usual meeting place, uh, we couldn't have meetings there because of COVID. Um, but now we are back and we are like on the ground running. <laughs> Perfect. How uh, how many people are on this uh, committee and and what's that look like for uh, for you guys as far as planning it? Well, there, we right now have uh, seven members of the board of directors, and we actually have a volunteering meeting coming up next week. So we're looking for more members. Um, but it's actually it's been great because I think it's the board of directors right now is a good size for getting different perspectives, getting different expertises on, but not getting so large that we're having to manage the committee more than the events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So volunteers obviously mm-hmm. is important, and and that's important for the festival too because you need volunteers to help. You need some, mm-hmm. some runners to help with you know the odd little jobs that come around with uh, with with planning a festival. So um, if anyone, like you said, you've got a lot of social media pages, so yep. people can go there if they want more information, or maybe if they want to get involved. Absolutely, yeah. We have a Facebook post right now about the volunteering meeting, but. Anybody, whether or not they can make that meeting, they can always get in touch, and and we're excited to talk to them. 
It's uh, exciting indeed. And uh, again, this doesn't just involve Yarmouth. This involves the Tri-Counties, really. So you're hoping to see a lot of people from the Tri-Counties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Halifax had their Pride Parade uh, in July, but, uh, you know, certainly a, lo- a lot of... And like you said, in, in here, there's 4,500 people in our capital who identify as transgender or non-binary. Uh, you know, it's it's all... There's so many people in Nova Scotia. It's such a diverse province. So mm-hmm. this could bring in a lot of people to, to our area for those four days. Hopefully. We're certainly hoping so. Yeah, we part of the idea of uh, incorporating Southwest Nova Pride is to try to get people in just not just from Yarmouth County, but from Shelburne, from Digby as well. And we've been in touch with the Pride communities there. I know that, for example, Shelburne had a, a Pride parade arranged by the high school, which was really inspiring mm-hmm. to me. That that it was so grassroots. So yeah, we, we'd like to see them down here. We'd like to get involved in the future and and put on more programming not just in Yarmouth. So so we're excited. It's less than a month away. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> approaching very quickly, uh, September 15th to the 18th. Uh, it is the Southwest Nova Pride Association putting on the Southwest Nova Pride Festival uh, 2022. Lynette and Alden, thank you uh, both so much for being here and sharing uh, you know more about this. And uh, We've got our letter here. Uh, there's information out there online if you want to get involved. And uh, happy Pride. We're looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And that's our program for today. Thanks for listening. For story suggestions or to submit feedback, email news.cjls at radioabl.ca or call our news line at 902-749-1919. To listen to archived versions of our program, visit us online at cjls.com and click on The Weekender. The Weekender is a production of the Y95 Newsroom and is brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center.